I'm Denise. I'm the Scottish one. And she's a non-fiction editor. And I'm Louise, the English one. And she's a fiction editor. And together, we're the Editing Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Editing Podcast. So, Denise, tell everybody what we're talking about this week. Hello, Louise. So, (laughs) one of our colleagues suggested this topic and we touched on it in an earlier episode, but we did agree that it was worth digging into a little deeper. And it's the issue of working with a specialist editor and whether it's necessary. Mm. And there are three things in play here. We have to think about fiction versus non-fiction, the type of editing and the subject or genre. So let's look at each one. Um, And on the issue of choosing a specialist fiction or non-fiction editor, there are certainly editors who do offer both and do both extremely well, aren't there? Yeah, yep, but they're different animals, and and I do think that a writer who wants any type of editing that involves more than a quality control check for layout, punctuation, and spelling should be looking to check that their editor has experience in one or the other. I absolutely agree with all of that. For one thing, there can be a fluidity in regard to standard grammar, punctuation, and syntax in fiction that wouldn't be acceptable in, in, in more formal business, educational or academic textbooks. Mm-hmm. So, for example, it's, it's not that a fiction editor shouldn't recognise a non-standard past participle when they see it, <laughs> but that they must be prepared to leave it be if changing it would interfere with, say, character voice. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And there's also the whole gamut of, sort of literary devices that I rarely or never mm-hmm. have to worry about in non-fiction, but I see you writing about it a lot. Uh, free and direct speech and asyndeton spring to mind that are all about well i don't know you explain <laughs> <laughs> yeah so narrative or psychic distance and sen- sentence rhythm that's that's so true and a fiction editor needs to be able to understand these devices and and components so that they're not changing stuff because they think it's wrong or non-standard when actually it's a recognized device and narrative viewpoints another thing that a fiction editor must have a handle on because if they don't know when it's been dropped they can't pick it up and help the author to mm. fix it never mind explain why the author might actually want to fix it yeah but the flip side of that denise is that you invest a lot of your edit- editing time managing technical elements like cross references and tables figures bibliographies and other stuff that i just don't have to think about yeah and even if i did refresh my skills i would be so slow And the other thing is that while I do love to delve into the Chicago Manual of Style for guidance on, say, how to handle numbers consistently or how to tackle street names in Manhattan um, or street numbers in Manhattan, um, I'm more than happy to ignore that guidance if it doesn't work. Whereas many of your clients probably have rather strict style guides that they expect you to adhere to. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Um, Less so for... Uh, indie business clients mm. but with with academic and educational texts it that's absolutely the case and it and it's not about being a prescriptivist but it's about acknowledging and respecting the brief because mm. that's part of the client's brand identity and consistency is essential not just within the book but across their whole platform mm. yeah so clients they need to know that their novel isn't going to be butchered for the sake of pedantry but on the other hand, that their journal article or textbook is going to respect the publisher's requirements. Yeah. And so if you're working with an editor who has a, who has specialist knowledge and experience of fiction and academic editing, say, then great. But if they identify only as a specialist fiction editor, they're not they're probably not going to be the right person to work on a thesis or a monograph or a textbook. Mm, mm, definitely. So now let's think about specialists in a type of editing. <clears throat> I think this is really important. Um 
Developmental or structural editing is not the same thing as stylistic line editing. Yeah, and stylistic line editing isn't the same as copy editing. And copy (laughs) editing isn't the same as proofreading. (laughs) Now, many, many editors have skills in all four, but, but just as many don't. Yeah, exactly right. And so I'm a specialist fiction editor, but I'm also a sentence level specialist. So I'll take on stylistic line editing, copy editing, proofreading, but I won't do developmental or structural work. Yeah, and that's the exact same for me, except that I specialise only in non-fiction editing. But we have colleagues who only proofread, and that's the final quality control stage prior to publication. And then others who only work at the structural or developmental level and let others deal with the sentence level work. The key thing for the author is to understand which level or levels of editing they need help with and make sure that the editor is qualified to offer that support. Yeah, and some structural problems in books um, just cannot be fixed elegantly at line level. And in fiction, someone who's experienced in strictly copy editing non-fiction might not be in a position to help tighten up a writer's dialogue or spot viewpoint problems. Absolutely, yeah. And another issue is that developmental or structural structural editing means something a little different in non-fiction. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so while a fiction editor, you you know, a fiction editor might be working on, I don't know, you know, narrative arc, plot, characterisation, that sort of thing, a non-fiction developmental editor will probably focus mainly on the organisation of the content. Um, And my sense is that's perhaps a bit more of a technical process in non-fiction. Listen to our very first episode if you want more information about the different levels of editing and we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, And Louise has an introductory course for editors who are thinking about switching to fiction editing and want to understand what else they need to know. And we'll put a link for that uh, for our editor listeners too. And so the third issue is subject or genre. So with fiction, I don't think it's always essential for an editor to be editor to be a genre specialist because one say one crime novel for instance isn't Mm -hmm. the same as every other crime novel and um what with authorial voice and style and there's plenty of room for hybridization in fiction writing so you might write speculative crime fiction or erotic fantasy or historical literary fiction there's all sorts of different combos combinations Um, yeah yeah but any editor working with a particular genre is going to have to watch out for specific issues. So if you're dealing with novels where there are weapons involved, some of that mm-hmm. stuff might need fact checking. And if there's a lot of technical stuff involved, even if the author doesn't hire a specialist editor, it's worth considering the specialist research angle. So there's a ton of free specialist information available online. Um, actually, that reminds me, in the UK, um, there's a a, a guy got in touch with me because he runs a website called Consulting Cops and it's basically a team of law, in, law enforcement, enforcement experts or people who used to be law enforcement experts who'll help authors keep their facts straight so that's that's tools that's a, like that that's a fantastic resource exactly and, and it means that even if you don't want you don't you haven't got a specialist um, editor working on your the whole of your book if you need certain things certain aspects or certain scenes checked or, mm-hmm. or, or procedures checked then you could maybe just like focus on your research in and and, and use organizations like that for, for for that stuff yeah because that's the sort of thing that anybody with any knowledge of that if you get it wrong and they're reading your book that just oh, yeah. it just ruins it yeah. for them really doesn't yeah. it yeah totally i remember watching one of those masterclass things and and um david baldacci was talking about how much time he spends 
on research. I mean, obviously he has a budget, so he can <laughs> well, yeah. he can he can take some time out to go and chat with someone at Langley, <laughs> yes. uh, in the CIA agent. Who'll actually most take of our... some time to talk to him as well. <laughs> yes, exactly. Whereas um, you and I and some of our listeners might not be given the same, um, shown the same courtesy. But anyway, exactly. the, the the point stands. <laughs> but there are some genres where authors will benefit from working with a specialist and that's how this episode topic came up wasn't it mm, because yeah. our colleague um, who suggested Sarah Calfee is a specialist romance editor yeah and she mentioned that in the romance genre she thinks it's important that an editor understands the fundamentals of, of romance plot structure and is proficient in handling dual viewpoint <coughs> characters and understands how to help authors develop emotionally satisfying romance character arcs and the way that's handled in a romance novel will be different to how it's handled in a hard-boiled crime novel and so i i don't read a lot of that genre the romance genre myself Mm -hmm. but um what i have read does have a particular flavor to it and i can see that i'd be a little out of my comfort zone getting into the groove of it i'm not saying it couldn't be done but there's there's a reason thrillers are my wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair point, yeah. And you said something there that struck a chord, and that's that you don't read a lot of romance, yeah. and so you're not going to be fluent in its tropes and how to do it as well as an editor who loves it and does read a lot of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. They're like Sarah. I mean, she's that's her thing. Yeah, yeah. So overall, uh, I think it's fair to say that we recommend that authors consider working with a genre specialist or at least someone who can demonstrate experience of having worked in that genre and is comfortable with it and familiar with some of its tropes. Just bear in mind that a lot of editors do have experience of more than one genre and that the further along the editing process you go, for example, when you get to copy editing and proofreading, the less important that becomes because the editorial focus tends to be more technical. Yeah. But what about subject specialisms in nonfiction, Denise? Because I can think of obvious subject areas where specialist knowledge will be essential. Legal editing, medical, scientific editing, for example. In fact, there's a story which I think is true about how a journal article printed the word insulin after someone had corrected the word inulin. And the author and the in-house editor, the copy editor and the proofreader didn't query it. But in fact, any of them was correct. Oh, dear. That's unfortunate and potentially dangerous. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. (coughs) Yeah. I mean, that's where it's really important to have a specialist because when incorrect information could be life changing, specialist editors are much more likely to spot it or at least think to check it. I think that's the important thing. Yeah. 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 Um, My view on this is that it's not going to need a specialist political science editor or a specialist sociology editor the humanities and social sciences yes broadly speaking i think those as mass subject specialisms make sense because there will be terminology that's specific to those fields and also style conventions that a specialist editor will be familiar with i'm just thinking of another thing that sometimes like uh, like cited authors might come up frequently and they might have like um unusual spellings to their names and someone who's familiar might think oh no that's 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 spelt wrong I I know that yes Um, exactly or somebody might think something is incorrect when actually it's okay if they're not a specialist yeah yeah yeah. education sorry educational publishing is the same and that's Mm -hmm. one of my specialisms it has its own voice and having an editor who's familiar with that and has experience with the theory the practice the research that's going to be cited and the style guides in play that can be helpful even if it's not their sole specialism yeah so editors might have more than one specialism or a broad specialism that includes experience of subgenres and subjects. So um, 
authors don't need to restrict their search to those who only focus on this one thing or that one yeah. thing but we do think it's worth thinking about what kind of help you need and the degree to which experience in a particular subject or genre will be necessary for the support the support you're looking for mm -hmm. and even if you're not hiring a specialist editor you might find it worthwhile to invest in specialist consultancy at, at story level or or, or um What's the story level <laughs> stage or what's the equivalent in non-fiction? Um, oh, kind of, well... Developmental, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. sort of first level yeah, when you're kind of putting it all together. Yeah, when you're thoughts organised together. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Right, okay, now it's time for Editing Bites. Uh, this is the regular bit of the show where we each recommend a favourite resource that we think you'll find useful. So mine is Storycraft, the complete guide to writing narrative non-fiction by Jack Hart. Hart draws on his years of experience editing and coaching Pulitzer Prize winning writers to cover everything from story the theory and structure to point of view and character. And he includes examples from magazine essays, book length, non-fiction narratives, documentaries and other formats. It's a great resource. Sounds it. And mine is The Secrets of Story Structure, a blog series from the excellent K.M. Wyland. I think that's how you pronounce it. Oh, or it could know. be Wieland. It I don't know. Be. Anyway. Yeah. Let's just call her KM. There's no point in honing your line craft if the structure of the book's a mess, and this series is there to help. It includes guidance on why structure is um, make or break territory for novel um, for every novel, and delves into how to build a strong three-act structure. Great. Sounds really good. Mm -hmm. So that's it for this week. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Editing Podcast. You can rate, review and subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whichever platform you prefer. And we've put all the links we've mentioned in the show notes. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.